Father, once again, we uh, come to your presence, acknowledging that you are here, but also we acknowledge your authority in our midst and the authority of your word. We ask you, Father, as we humble ourselves, we open our hearts before you for the reading of the word of God, your word. We pray that you will pour out your spirit that will touch every fiber of our being, everything about us, our emotion, our minds, our hearts. Lord, that we will be able to grasp the truth about you, your truth. Because it is the only thing that will transform us. Because we know your word says that we are predestined to become conformed to the image of your son, Jesus Christ. And this can only happen through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all go to uh, John chapter 1. I'm going to... Last week we went through the uh, prologue of John, but this time we're going to start from verse 29. I'm going to read it from verse 29 to verse 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, or another translation, a more traditional, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, I, a man who comes after me has has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony. He said, I saw the Spirit came down from heaven as a dove and remained on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and, and I testify that this is the Son of God. Well, this morning, obviously, you, know, you heard from, even from last year, we announced that this year we will be preaching, we're going to talk about Jesus pretty much every sermon will be about Jesus. Last week, we, the title of, of sermon last week, Who is this Jesus? And I, in my statement, I believe, you know, I share my testimony. People talk about Jesus. My family talk about Jesus. Some of the Muslims, everybody talks about Jesus. But who is this Jesus in a true sense? Like Calvin mentioned, sometimes... We like Jesus the way we understand Jesus, but we need to love Jesus based on what Jesus really represents as the truth. So uh, from last week, we talked about Jesus as the eternal word of God, the creator. The, uh, he's, he's the life itself and the light, life-giving and light-giving person. And we concluded that, you know, as massive as God is, according to uh, John chapter 1 verse uh, 18, that we would never comprehend, it it is possible to know God, that was our conclusion, but it is is impossible 
to comprehend him. And the only one that we get to know God, the real God, is God himself came, became, and became a man. And was given the name Jesus. And, and also the conclusion is that there is no other God apart from the God that we know through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? So, so in, in, in that passage we talk about, about a witness in John chapter 1 verse, verse 6 where it says, and, uh, and there was a man sent from God, his name was John. Not the, the writer of the gospel, but John the Baptist. So, and he testified about Jesus. And it, from the passage that we just, we just uh, read, it says, pretty much John continues his testimony and continues to testify that this Jesus. So the title of my sermon this morning will be Jesus, the Lamb of God. Where, so in, 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 in verse 9 where it says that when the next day, so what happened is it says John continued to testify and the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, or look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And uh, it really is interesting because as John was speaking that way, the Lamb of God, and he, he spoke to the audience who would understand exactly what he was talking about. Because the audience, according to uh, the previous passage in verse 19, where these were priests and Levites, priestly uh, tribe, were sent in Jerusalem to investigate John, John the Baptist's ministry. So they were asking him, are you the prophet that is to come? He said, no. Are you the Messiah? He said, no, I'm not the Messiah. So who are you? He said, I am the voice. And they said, how come you come and baptize? He said, I baptize with water, but stands among you is a man who is, you know, who is greater than me, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to, to untie. So he testified about Jesus. So when he talked about the Lamb of God, these guys, he talked to the people who are priests, who actually were in charge over all the, the Jewish rituals and ceremonies and, and all those things about sacrificial animals and, and all those things. They, were, they are the experts. They facilitated those kind of things. So it was very familiar to, to those guys. But this time, he said, this Jesus is the Lamb of God. Well, they probably understand, okay, the Lamb of God. And then when he started to mention, not only just Jesus, the Lamb of God, but he clarifies, the Lamb of God that takes away, everybody said takes away, takes away the sin of the world. Now, that was something new they've, nev- they- they've never heard before. While they, they were the guys who understood everything about, about sacrificial Lamb of God and sacrificial uh, offering on the altar from the Old Testament from the time of Moses. They understood all those things. But within their perception or uh, their, their, their mindset and understanding and the perspective is that the lamb that, that they sacrifice is a lamb, an animal that can never take away sin. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 
verse 4, it says that the blood of bulls and animals can never take away sin. All he did was to cover the sin. As a matter of fact, the writer of, of the book of Hebrews said the fact that every year, year by year, they have to do this sacrificial uh, ceremony, you know, the, the, the offering has to be given every year. That in itself is a reminder that the sin is not removed. But Jesus came and offered one for all sacrifice. So, the, uh, under the Old Testament, the blood sacrifice wasn't there to remove sin, but to cover the sin. And then all of a sudden, John, uh, yeah, John the Baptist declared this Lamb of God that removed the sins, not just the sins of the Israelites, but the sins of the world. That was something that is massive for, for those people. What the heck are you talking about? And often people say, why can't God just forgive sin? Why can't, why, why can't God just, just do it away with? Just forgive. But you've got to understand there's the love of God and there's the justice of God. Both has to be met. So when Jesus died on the cross, it was an expression of, of, of the love of God, but also the expression of the justice of God. Other translation used the righteousness of God was a thief on the cross. Because the reality is this. Alright? Because of our sin, only we are legally in the proper place to pay the price. Because we are the offenders, right? As human. Does that make sense to you guys? Does that make sense to you guys? As the offenders, legally, we are the ones who are responsible to pay the price. But in reality, only God is able to pay that price. That's the difference. You and I are the only one responsible to pay the price, but God is the only one who is able to pay the price. So what's God's solution? We just read in the prologue, he became a man. So he took both sides, the one who is responsible and the one who is able to pay the price for the sins of the world. It's a powerful revelation. Only God is obliged, or only, only mankind is obliged, obliged to pay the price. But only God is able. So guess what? God take both places. He became a man to pay for the price. It's a beautiful man. Every time I, I, I think of that, I thought, how safe is our salvation? How, how sure is our salvation? And then, this is the thing. In verse 31, then he said, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came to baptize with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. So what he's saying is, because the ministry of John the Baptist, that's why he's called John the Baptist, is to baptize people. His whole ministry is to reveal Jesus. And in verse 32 he said, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. Now he repeated 
this statement in verse 33. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. That statement of, that when he said, I myself did not know him, I thought, that's kind of unusual. Why would John say that? Because John, actually, if you read the, 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 the Gospel of Luke, is the cousin of Jesus. They're, they're relatives. He's Jesus' cousin. Why would he say that? What I believe he's saying, like I've been saying, is that he, what he meant is, I didn't know him for who he really is. I know him as a cousin, but I don't really know him for who he really is. And he said, but because he is marked by the Holy Spirit and the Father in heaven who sent me to baptize told me, when you see the Spirit descended on him, that's him who he really is. So, I believe what, what, what the writer of, not John the Baptist, but the, the writer of the gospel was saying is this. You can, only, you can only recognize Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by your own mental, mentally ascent kind of thing. And it's really amazing how the power of the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of anybody to recognize him because he said he indicated that I only recognize him through the through the Holy Spirit. Remember in in the Luke, the, I think the first chapter, when when uh, the the mother of Jesus went to visit uh, her her relative Elizabeth, which is the mother of John. Anybody knows the story? So John's mother is, is, is Elizabeth. And the Bible says that when Mary met with, with, uh, with Elizabeth, the mother of John, both of them were pregnant. Elizabeth was pregnant with, with John and, and uh, Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And the Bible says that when they met, the baby John was in the womb, leapt in the womb. Because of the presence of the Mary, the mother of Jesus. And Mary said, man, there's something special here because the baby in me left. And the Bible says actually in the gospel of Luke that John was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. So what I'm trying to say is this. Even according to the scripture, even while, even while John was in the womb, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he recognized the presence of the word made flesh. He recognized the real Jesus. But here he is as a mature man, didn't really recognize Jesus for who he really is unless he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Are you guys getting the point here? Whether, whether John was in the womb or whether he was adult, he needed the power of the Holy Spirit to recognize Jesus. Even anointed as he, as he was in declaring to, to the Israelites Jesus, baptizing people, at that age he still didn't recognize Jesus to who Jesus really is only by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Every time 
you know, whether, whether, whether I'm speaking here or whether I talk to people about Jesus, I always ask, Jesus, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to explain yourself to people. And you know what? We don't, it means that we don't have to be afraid whether you're going to say the right thing or the wrong thing to people. Just ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. If the Holy Spirit can explain Jesus while John was in the womb, I think he can explain Jesus through you and I to non-believers. I really do. I think that will, my hope is, that will change your perspective on what it means to talk to people about Jesus. It's easy. It really is. You heard the story Diane was talking uh, two weeks ago. While we were in, in, in Bali, it's supposed to be a holiday, and they had this happy hour sort of moment where the people were invited, especially those who, who have been uh, who are regular, you know, customer, those customers who are regularly, you know, go to, to Legian Beach. So we were invited in this, like, you know, like a happy hour where they dr- provide drink and snack and all that. And uh, there's another, pe- there are other people that Diane and I got to talk to. We were talking just about, we said we were ministers and, and all those things. And as they were, as they were talking, I, uh, and the lady asked me, so what do you do? I said, oh, I'm a minister. And, and she was telling me, sharing her, her physical situation. I said, let me pray for you. <laughs> it's that simple. Let me pray for you. So while Dad was talking to her sister, I said, guys, uh, can you come here? Let's just talk. I want to pray for this lady. So we prayed for her. And now I don't know what the result is, but you know what? I believe the Holy Spirit. When you pray, the Holy Spirit will be there. It's, it's amazing how, how easy it is when you actually understand that there's something about you, about the Holy Spirit. You can impart Jesus to people just by the power of the Holy Spirit. I was coming out of the gym, have finished my, in my shower and everything after swimming and and as I was ready to go, and this guy was bending, and uh, he, he was like, he said, I've got a, this problem in my back. And he, I said, what happened? Oh, he just told me about the accident he had during the exercise. And nobody was there. I said, okay, well, I'm just going to, do you mind if I say a short prayer? I believe, once again, it's about Jesus. I believe Jesus can heal you. So I just laid hands. He said, do you, do you mind if I, if I pray for you? He said, no, please. And I prayed for him. I'm telling this, you these stories is because we're talking about who this Jesus is. He is God. If he is God, he lives in me. I'm sure he wants to touch people through me. If God spends so much time becoming a man to live among men, it's because he wants to touch mankind. You know what I'm saying? And now he lives inside of you. He still wants to touch mankind. And the way he he does it, it's going to be through you and I. 
makes, sometimes we have these evangelisms like, it is a hard task. No, just meet people's needs. Like, I swear you struggle. Let me just have a short prayer. Just a quiet one. Like, Jesus, please heal this person. You don't know. Just like that ice cream seller in Bali Beach that Diana talked about. In one simple conversation from a Muslim now established in a church. It happened during the holiday. <laughs> you don't have to bring a Bible to explain. You know, they don't need explanation. They just need the touch of the love of Jesus. Because Jesus paid the price for mankind. Not only that, he, not only that he paid the price, according to Romans chapter 8, you and I were created in the image of God, and Jesus actually restored that image because now you and I are predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Are we going to talk about Jesus? Is Jesus the all-consuming person in our hearts? Everything we do is just about Jesus. Nothing else matters, eh? Let's all stand up. If I can have the measles. Can we, I don't know what your, your list of songs, but can we do Jesus, It Is You? And uh, let's just sing that song. And uh, I, want us, I want us to uh, say this prayer as, we, as the measles are preparing themselves. Can you guys pray after me? Heavenly Father, Come on, let's, let's, let's be conviction say it, okay? Heavenly Father, Jesus is all I need. Jesus is all I need to talk about. I know you want to touch the world. I say it again. I know you want to touch the world. I'm here, Jesus. And I want to be used by you to touch the world. Because you are God. This nation needs you, Lord. And I want to be one of the persons that touch this nation. All right, let's all of us raise our hands and receive blessing from God. Jesus Father if you never do any good things in our life ever again the fact that Jesus died for us that is more than enough Lord but now be known it is your will for your people to be blessed so Lord with every hand lifted up before you, I pronounce an outpouring of blessing from heaven over your people. As we leave this place, as the carriers of the presence of God 
filled with the blessing of God. People marked by the favor of God. Father, we pray that the blessing of Jesus will not stop with us, but it will flow out of our lives. The things we say, the things we do, as a representation of Jesus, will touch many lives, Lord. Beginning with our family members, husbands and wives, children with parents and brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our friends at school, at work, our bosses, all will be touched by Jesus as we touch them, Lord, one way or another. We pray this because we believe we are people purchased by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Yeah, give him a hand.